one bill fill. That's because I am the one true, genuine article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. And I'm out too. everybody welcome to the show i see things a little differently i am so chemical and this week we're gonna talk about a way what a way to end the week of wrestling out it's funny i was having a phone conversation with my sister and i was telling her how i used to have fomo with wrestling and how that's no longer possible because wrestling is literally on every single day of the week and makes it hard to miss when it's always fucking on but I tell you right now, the last two nights, I'm recording this on a Sunday for the Monday show. The last two nights has been very eventful and has been very entertaining for myself personally. Um, hope you guys feel the same way. This week on the show, we're going to talk about Fight Forever AEW. I've been getting asked questions. I thought I kind of cleared this up a couple weeks ago when we when I kind of revealed um, who's going to be on the roster a little bit. So I'll make it clear why I stood, but I'll make it clearer today, uh, as we are just, what, about two weeks away, about under two weeks away of the debut of AEW's first ever video game, and, and we'll get into that in this, later on. We have the debut edition of Saturday Night Collision, the first Saturday Night Wrestling show, that'll be a weekly episodic show in about 20 years, give or take. Um, we have so much to get to. We also have the end of the bloodline. We have the bloodline civil war. We have a bunch of news and notes. Uh, let's just get right into it here. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thanks for you for following. Um, where we go? Where, where, where do we, where do we start? Um, hmm. I don't know. This is. This is tough because my notes are in order of the week. You know what? Let's just stick. Let's just stick with it, okay? Let's do this. Raw. It's made official for Money in the Bank. Dominic Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes in a match that I can see Dominic actually winning this match. I can see Brock Lesnar coming in, costing Cody the, the match, and I don't think that's a bad thing. The Judgment Day needs a win. The Judgment Day loses way too much. They're very entertaining, but they lose a lot. And all their big matches, except for Rhea Ripley, they lost. So I, I, I look forward to seeing that match, actually, to be honest with you. Logan Paul returns next week on Raw. The Money in Bank is officially announced, can be cashed in for the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship. I heard a weird rumor today. I was at work, and I heard a really weird rumor that 
They're changing the design of the United States Championship, and I don't understand why. If it's going to look exactly like the World Championship or the Intercontinental Championship, just don't. It look, it's fine just the way it is. I like the look. We don't need any more ugly titles. I guess it's about branding. They have enough branding. There's a branding on that title. They don't need a big WWE logo on it just to, with an American flag. It just looks, it'll look weird. But when I heard that, I was like, that's weird. Um, what does this note say? Sometimes my, this is, <laughs> I just said that out loud. I'm looking at my note. I'm like, oh, yeah, because speaking of titles, that's why I was going with this, transitioning. Rhea's new title is in the form of the World Heavyweight Championship, so it matches the Raw title. So that way there's no championship swap. Yay, I guess. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins from Money in the Bank said, um, this is the first time they're fighting for a world title since the inaugural, uh, inaugural excuse me, um, Universal Championship, which Finn Balor did win but got injured in the process, so he never actually lost the title. Damian Priest is the final qualifier for Money in the Bank. I believe the women's Money in the Bank has one more spot left, and they're going with seven women, and the men are with six. I think that's weird because I find that the women's ladder matches, multi-woman matches, usually are a lot sloppier than the men's. And I, and I feel like it's because the women are rushing more. And, and here's my thing. I thought about this. I feel like they get the same amount of time. Now, once again, it depends on who you have in the match because there's this famous story that Heath Slater has told where like he's in the Money in the Bank match and he's asking to rehearse a spot. I mean, he's asking to like, he's asking to just go out on the fly and do a spot. And Kane, Governor Kane, says, no, this is why we were rehearsing it so no one gets hurt. We're not doing anything on the fly in a ladder match. Given Kane's status, I think people will respect that point of view, right? No. <laughs> he Slater went out the next night to try to do something and almost got himself hurt. And so I feel like I think the women just move a little bit too fast. Now, in fairness to the women, how often are they in these kind of matches? Not very. Now, if they're in AEW, that's a different story. The women in AEW, they're constantly in hardcore matches. But the women in WWE, they're not usually in these hardcore matches. So that, that's a big reason why, in my opinion, why um, I believe those things kind of happen. But to have seven women, I think it's way too much. I think six would have been fine. But the six men that are qualified for this year's, has been Ricochet, Damian Priest, Shinsuke Nakamura, Butch, L.A. Knight, and uh, Santos Escobar. I would have to assume L.A. Knight's the runaway favorite here to win with Damian Priest being second. And I say this because with them announcing that you can cash in for the Intercontinental in U.S., I'm assuming the reason why they're saying that is because that's who's going to cash in. They're going to cash in on Gunther. And I'm... and. A few weeks ago when I said I think Roman Reigns is losing that title in the summer, I still believe that, despite the contrary, I still believe that. Um, however, they announced that for a reason. And I think it's because they're going to try to make Gunther this unstoppable force. He's already this unstoppable force. But I feel like his path is heading towards the Royal Rumble win next year that he didn't get this year. And WrestleMania may not be the main event. But it will be a top spot for him where he wins that Raw World's Heavyweight Championship. So I think the way they're going to present this is the only way he, only reason he lost the Intercontinental Championship is due to the cash-in. And if that's the case, Damian Priest's turn to face is clear. 
I guess LA Knight could cash in and win the Intercontinental Championship. I I would prefer LA Knight win the World Titles. I I see World Titles in the in the in the future for both these men. You know, um, I think Gunther is closer to it obviously than LA Knight, but I just I think Rick, I, I think Priest and LA Knight are the only ones that can win this thing, realistically. You know, but if Priest wins, it's definitely he's cashing in for an Intercontinental Championship match. Um, LA Knight, I could see going for both, but I just think the way they're going with Gunther, he's getting that he's getting that honky tonk man record. He's getting the Rumble win, and then he's going on to win the, uh, the championship WrestleMania. That's just my thought. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defended the inter excuse me the tag team championships against Imperium, uh, which was a, a great match there. So that's your raw notes. So some quick news and notes. Allison Danger was seen at the Performance Center working, so congratulations, congratulations to her. The XFL has losses of $60 million this season. The, the, the L's keep coming for The Rock, man. And you know what? The funny thing is, I saw a meme that says that, but you can say all you want to about the L's he's taken recently, whether it's Black Adam, whether it's him having to go back to the Fast and Furious franchise, whether it's um, him not t- having the DC takeover that he wanted. Here's my thing. He set himself up to have those wins and losses. And even if you call Black Adam a loss, it still was him as a, a starring act with, the, I think it was a $65 million opening weekend, something he had never done before. So he's he's still, he's, he's going to be all right. You know, dude's worth like a $300 million. And I don't see him running back to the fat, running back, air quotes, to the Fast and Fury franchise as a loss because here's my thing. They announced that, you have Fast uh, 10, I think this, this past one was. I didn't see it. But then you have Fast 10.5. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes there. Where it's going to feature Dwayne Johnson. And that's what he, essentially that's what he wanted. was equal footing with Vin Diesel. Now, in fairness to, we, I don't think we've talked about this on the Wednesday show. But I'll talk about it a little bit here. Or we could have. I don't remember. But, yeah, we did. Just a few weeks ago in the Fast and Furious episode. But here's my thing. Vin Diesel helped to build that franchise to what it is. I wouldn't give up my starring role to his egos. That's that. That's big egos. Big egos. Excuse me. And so here's my thing. I didn't see. He, you could say he ran back there, and that's fine. But he has a starring role on whatever this Fast 10.5 is, and he's going to be a prominent character in the next in the last two films. So in the last three films, and he's going to make a lot of money doing it. I right, so who's really losing there? You know, he set himself up for these wins by doing movies like The Two Fairy by but and once again, how many people have controlled Hollywood? Not many. You know, like Tom Cruise has found his niche and he can do all the films he wants to do. And people say he's like one of the worst people to work with, but when you hear that rant he went on during COVID, during the first uh during production of the first uh Did Reckoning film, which I think is gonna be a fantastic film actually, I couldn't agree with him more. I remember when I first heard that rant. And people were like, man, Tom Cruise is an asshole and blah, blah, blah. I was like, asshole for what? Trying to make sure everyone has jobs and they're fucking working? Bro, at that at Playboy, at the time that that rant was happening, I had just gotten laid off again for fucking COVID purposes. So this dude's trying to make sure people got money, that there's films getting done, and you're going to chastise him for making sure you got paid and he's getting paid? Man, get the fuck out of here with that. I don't want to hear none of that shit. So, yeah, if he took, if, if Rock's taking some losses right now, that's cool. 
real soldiers bounce back. And I'm pretty sure The Rock will bounce back. So, I'm just saying. There's also a rumor that Disney is interested in buying the WWE streaming rights when no streaming rights are up for Peacock. That's a big deal. That is a very fucking big deal. Now, here's my thing. And I didn't know this until I was watching Wrestling with Regret, the YouTube channel. Shout out to Brian Zane. He does great work. Uh, he was reviewing Fully Loaded 98. I did not know that on the Peacock version of uh, the network, they actually took off the uh, scene or the, the segment where DX mocked the nation, one of the greatest segments of all time, I guess due to the blackface and uh, Sean Waltman doing it. I, and it's funny because I've, I've seen interviews where Sean Waltman has said he he was very uncomfortable doing it. He had went to Mark Henry and I said, hey, is this cool? Like, am I like, am I going to get heat with you? I don't want that. And Mark Henry was like, nah, man, it's cool. And I've also seen interviews where Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, um, have all, even Godfather, they've all said, it, it, Godfather said on this very show, as a matter of fact, plug right there, that he was, they all, everyone in the nation thought it was all hilarious. They weren't offended in the bit, in the, in the slightest, you know, and it's just entertainment. Like, I, once again, I said this before on this, on this show, and you guys are way better at messaging me and telling me that like, you guys will hear the episode and be like, oh, yeah, you said this in this episode. I'm sorry. I talk way too much shit to remember the things I say out of my mouth. But um, I, I said on this very show, I enjoy it to this day. I have I never once thought I felt offended because I know what I'm watching. I remember Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? He did an interview. And he said how much he enjoyed the first Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like right, right when the first Guardians came out. And someone said, hey, that doesn't offend you as a scientist when you see this. He's like, bro, I went to a movie that had a talking raccoon and a tree that said I am Groot. I know how to separate real from fact, or real from fiction. He's like, when I go to those movies, I'm just, I'm not taking my beliefs into those movies. I'm taking my entertainment brain into those, into those movies. And that's the same, how, that's, what I, that's how I feel. Like, and you guys will hear it this Wednesday with my Flash review. Like, I can separate a lot of things when I'm, when I'm enjoying entertainment. And some people say, well, you're a writer. You're supposed to do that. Actually, if you're a writer, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to make things as factual as possible if you're writing certain things or make it as decisive as possible or precise, excuse me, precise as possible. So it's like, really? Like, that kind of confuses me there. But anyways, the point of this is, is that I didn't know that because actually every time I've watched it, it's been on YouTube. Because uh, usually YouTube has the unedited version, uh, even when I was watching it on the network or whatever. Air quotes and doing air quotes again, but um, I didn't know that. But either way, the point of this is, is if they uh, that's a big deal. But I, here's my concern: if they go to Disney, they're gonna be taped. Uh, that that attitude era shit is gonna be taken off. A lot of shit will be taken off even even more. And if, and if we're being 100% honest, I know a lot of people. A lot of people that only have Peacock for WWE and they only have it for the Attitude Era stuff, which is the point of the network. And so that way you can watch it. And I, I could have swore Peacock had uh, a rating system where, like, if you don't they? And once again, me and my sister are the only ones that use my Peacock. So and we're old, we're, we're of age. I'm doing air quotes again. So, like, we don't have to worry about the. Uh, kids locks or anything like that even though there's a fucking when i moved into my apartment uh, about a month ago there's a fucking kids lock they put on the on the fucking uh drawers on the in the bathroom i was like what the, why and why wouldn't they take this shit off when they get moved out anyways 
Um, so I don't know, but I thought I could have swore they had that. I know for a fact Disney Plus, Disney has, that's Disney Plus. Disney, that's Disney Plus, right? I know for a fact Disney Plus has it. So I have, a, but my fear is that if they do, if that does happen, which is a long way away, then I will, I probably won't have the network anymore. But then again, by that time, who knows what Endeavor is going to do with pricing and shit like that. But, um, if, if that's a big deal, but if Disney gets, I have a feeling they would taper off the Attitude Era more. Now, once again, me, I'm more of the before the Attitude Era kind of guy. That I, I mean, if, if I sit down and I'm just watching the network when I have those moments, which is which is very rare, um, I see the network or Peacock like I see, I've, I've seen WWE Network like I've seen Netflix for a while. I'm just gonna call it WWE Network for a second. Like right now, in front of my faces and recording is Extraction Two, right? I saw the first extraction. I thought it was entertaining. Like I, it's very rare for me to cut on some for me to get home and say, "Ooh, Netflix, how do you do?" You know, um, it's kind of there. Like, I remember, I remember Wade Keller said the way you, you promote the network is by saying, "Hey, we're here when you need us." That's how I use my streaming services. They're here when I need them. Like, how many times of the year do I actually watch Amazon Prime? Not very often. But for me, the fifteen bucks a month is worth it because I get to revisit the boys. Like, just the other day, Creed 3 came on there, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it reminded me how I have not done a Creed episode on this podcast yet, so I'm thinking about doing that. Um, and sometimes they have, like, every now and then some movies that just pop up, and I just like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. Like, for, uh, for a little bit, they had this movie called She's Out of My League, which is it's fucking hilarious. But um, for me, those streaming services I do have are worth it because they're there when I want them there. You know, I don't get to watch a lot, but I do watch it, you know. Um, but the point of this is, I just have a feeling Disney would cut a lot of shit, you know. But but you know what? Now I'm saying out loud, now I'm thinking about it. Actually, that's not true. Now, now I'm actually calming my own self down because I remember I was watching, of all things, on Disney, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. And I was out of town doing something. Yes, I had a big interview for the job I have now. That job I just got, and I was flying out, and I had saved some episodes of Chippendales Rescue Rangers, and on one of the episodes it had a disclaimer, and it, they said, hey, just so you know, this is, in, in, we we understand this can be seen as insensitive and blah 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 and blah blah blah, and I remember watching it, I was like, what's so offensive? And I saw it, I said, oh, that could be fucking offensive. That was probably offensive back in the, back in the day. It's offensive now, it's shit. And I know that. So no, that thing about it, it might it might not. So I'm I'm actually calming myself down. But Peacock is brand new. Peacock wants no smoke. Peacock wants no smoke at all. Let's just make that fucking clear. Peacock wants none of the smoke, you know. And honestly, I would still keep Peacock because even once I found, I think I said this before in there, even once I found out they had Everybody Loves, Loves Raymond, oh my God, I said, oh, I'll, I'll keep Peacock for life. You know, they have that. They have Chicago PD, which is fantastic as well. So, But that's a big deal for Disney to be interested in WWE. WWE is reportedly looking to repackage the male models. Those poor bastards. They can't catch a fucking break. AEW. Let's get some AEW news real quick. They fired BJ Whitmer after he has charges in Kentucky of strangulation. Uh, and at the same time, they hired Jimmy Jacobs. And for those of you guys who don't remember, Jimmy Jacobs was the one that when uh, the Elite have, did this, the, the nine, they, they re... Uh, <laughs> They rehashed. It was this time. This is when Cody was still with uh, with the elite. Right before AEW opened the doors, it was the Bucks, Cody, and a bunch of fans 
they actually invaded Raw outside. And Jimmy Jacobs was outside and took a picture with them. And WWE fired him for it. And so um, now it's uh, apropos that he's now hired by them. He left Impact to join AEW. Rebel, speaking of jobs, she still works for AEW. She's still under contract. She's just doing work for ad-free shows now. Um, they actually pulled her away from Britt Baker because that was more of a heel thing. And Britt Baker has been faced ever since she's been feuding with the Outcast. So, makes sense. NXT. Baron Corbin defeated Dragunov. I was so pissed. I didn't see the match at first. I, but I remember I said last week I was going to fucking lose it. Well, it made sense. It was interference and... Uh, that's how Baron Corbin got the win. Braun Breaker interfered, in, uh, and which means we're gonna get a fucking Braun Breaker, a Dragon Off fucking match, and also in the same night, Seth Rollins accepted the challenge of Braun Breaker to defend the World Heavyweight Championship in NXT. That match is happening on Tuesday. Seth is gonna win, and Dragon Off is gonna beat the fuck out of Braun Breaker. I'm looking forward to both those matches. Nathan Frazier is the new Heritage Cup, Heritage Cup winner. I don't, just being 100% honest with you, I can't enjoy these matches with the Her- for the Heritage Cup because I don't understand the rules. It's it's very oversimplified. It's all very over overly complicated for no reason. I just don't care for the rules. I think that, I think it makes the, I think it makes the match stupid. Personally, that's just me though. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo showed up on NXT. Uh, they're, just, they're just loading this thing up. And I had, um, Jonathan Nestor hit me up. And was like, I can't believe all these guys are showing up to NXT. I said, dude, the media rights deal is coming up. They, have to, they need a reason to justify NXT being a part of the media rights. NXT has become essential now. It's become truly essential now. Which is funny because it was essential before. For some reason, it, was what, it just wasn't in some people's eyes. Really weird how that works. Dark Side of the Ring. This week was about the Graham family, which is, I had heard a couple people say that this is the second most depressing family in wrestling history after the Von Erichs. I knew a little bit about their history. I remember Mike Graham in particular. He would work for WCW, and he hated Jeff Jarrett. He hated Jeff Jarrett with a passion um, for reasons uh, he, of his own. But I did not know the trauma that this family's been through and how the daughter is essentially the last one left with her daughter and still keeping the legacy going. But they have in three straight generations from the grand, excuse me, excuse me four generations, the great grandfather committed suicide. The grandfather committed suicide. The father, Mike Graham committed suicide. And then his son committed suicide. I was like, Holy fucking shit. Like we went from the Magnum TA story, which was pretty uplifting, you know, even though it had these little spots there, to this was very dark. And I learned a lot. As I said, my me, I knew a lot about his father, um, has, and how his father essentially found Dusty Rhodes. Um, I did not know that when Dusty left, Dusty took half the territory. Now they say like I, when they say he took, did people just follow him? Or did he actually take them? We, we won't know. Dusty's not here to defend himself. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Um, the da- Just seeing the daughter still smile was, was dope as hell. I messed with that. Um, I, 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 I did know a lot about the Florida. I, I knew a lot already about the Florida Territory. I knew how big that was. But I guess the, the few things was more of the deaths in the family and how um, suicide is just... I didn't know it could be... Contagious is not the word. Um, hereditary, I think that's the word. 
I didn't know that that could be a thing. But I guess as someone said in the documentary, when once someone like that, once someone com- does that, it opens the door for someone else's mind. And so I don't want this to be an infomercial. You got, I've I've been open and sharing some things to share with you guys. Dude, if you if you if you feel alone, there's numbers you can call. There are people you can call. Hell, there's podcasters you can email that will definitely encourage you to do the right thing by yourself and your mental health, and not just that, but your family. So yeah, that was whew, that was a tough watch, but I enjoyed it just to understand more about the mental aspect of things and how important it is. So AEW Dynamite. Adam Cole and MJF, they, this week, were the show openers. And boy, oh boy, did they open the show with a bang. Or with a boom, should I say. And it was so many ups and downs, twists and turns. This is, in my opinion, this match is the best match Adam Cole's had in AEW. Last time he had a match like this, I feel like he was back on back in NXT. But this was fire. And the way it ended was so genius. And it ended with a 30-minute draw. And so now... You can have these two guys separate before they come back for the initial rematch, which MJF will then win. Sammy Guevara. We finally have addressed the issue of him being a heel and him being in a heel faction, yet they're trying to turn this guy babyface. And so what happens is Darby just was trying to say, hey, man, you know, what's, what's, what's good with you? What's going on? And that's when Jericho came out. Essentially, was trying to put Sammy in his place, and Sammy wasn't having it. Sammy said, um, "It's funny how you could have called me too, and you and lost to Adam Cole twice." And then uh, Jericho threatened Darby, and then that's when we had the appearance of Sting. And for the first time ever in their careers, Sting and Chris Jericho shared a ring for anything, and fans ate it up. And this obviously will be a tag team match at some point. I'm assuming at pay-per-view, why would the fuck would you give this match away? One of the few Sting matches, I would not give this one away. Um, but I thought this was a good moment for sure. Sonata has op- made an open challenge for his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And of all people, Jungle Boy Jack Perry was the one to accept the challenge. Random as bleep, but okay. That should be a fun match. The embassy, the mogul embassy, loses to Sting, Darby Allen, and Orange Cassidy, uh, and Keith Lee. Excuse me. Um, I thought this was a kind of a sloppy match. There's a few bumps in here, a few bumpy spots in this match, but overall, right team won, I guess. The Guns have challenged the Hardys. They will face them this week on Dynamite. Warlow defeated Jake Hager, but Warlow's week win in well, we found out later. As Christian Cage then. Said, hey, we're challenging you. Luchasaurus will challenge you for the TNT Championship on Collision. Tanahashi challenges MJF for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. MJF in a hilarious backstage segment with Rene Paquette. Said he's, he said he was good. He said he was good and he wouldn't no-show. Uh, but, but it's official. Tony Khan's booked it. Tanahashi will be fighting for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship for the second year in a row. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, the reason why Tanahashi was the choice is because Tanahashi has not seen how he used to be seen. That's where now Tanahashi can lose and it won't hurt him or the company. So that kind of makes sense. I can I can definitely see that for sure. Shibata and Orange Cassidy to face Zack Sabre Jr. and Danny Garcia next week in a tag team match. 
Tony Storm retains her women's championship by the skin of her teeth against Sky Blue in a fun match. I thought this was a great way to help get Sky Blue to a, to a new level and over even more. Sky Blue's over with the, with the men already. I can't stop seeing posts of her butt all over fucking Instagram. Every time I turn around, I'm sitting there. I know who Blue's trunk these are. Fucking Sky Blue. So she's over with the men. Um, but I've seen her improvement. Like, her, all the time she's spent on dark and elevation. Um, obviously, she has a standout look. She's a pretty young lady. But her look to me was standoutish because she has the blue hair. She has a ton of energy. And like I said, once again, just it, social, especially Instagram. Instagram loves her. I'm not on Twitter as much, but Instagram just loves her. So there you go. But this was a fun match because I, 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 at one point I was like, they're not going to. Are they going to make this change right now? This is this is a weird move. But they had me even thinking about it, which was, it just made the match fun. And this this also led to what we saw later on in Collision. The Elite defeats the Blackpool Combat Club in a wild ending to this match where the Elite gets the victory. Hangman and Page pins uh, Willer Yuta. And then all of a sudden you have the return of Eddie Kingston who goes right for Cesaro. That's what we saw Eddie Kingston before his injury. Remember, he challenged for the ROH World Heavyweight Championship. So then John Moxley comes in the ring. He's like, what are you doing? They go face to face. But they won't let anyone else hit the other person. <laughs> so like they're they're complete brothers where they're in each other's faces and everyone keeps pushing them aside. Everyone keeps trying to hit John Moxley or hit Kingston. They're pushing everyone off to say, You need you don't touch him. I I'm the only one that can beat him up. It was freaking hilarious. But great to see Eddie Kingston back. Kenny Omega then returns. He then beats up uh uh what's his name? Uh, nah, goddammit. Koshyata. I can't say his name right now. I know exactly. Oh, God damn it. What is his name? Once I see it, I know for a fact I'm going to be good. Uh, hold on a second, guys. I have to get this right. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I don't know what name I put in. Um, Takeshita. Thank you. Thank God. Uh, that was going to bother me. I was, I was going to let it go. I said, that's going to bother me. Omega came back to attack Takeshita. And then out of the blue, Will Ospreay lays out. Kenny Omega, the number one contender for the United States Championship that is represented by New Japan, lays out Kenny Omega. I love this because you, the elite has enemies on every side. You have Takeshita and Don Callis in the middle. The Blackpool Combat Club on one side. The uh, United Empire on another side. Like everyone, They can attack them from anywhere. And by the way, none of these other people get along. <laughs> so it makes it even better. So... Complete chaos to end it. I loved it. And what was much to do about nothing, Wade Keller had some cryptic tweets to say that some CM Punk story was going to drop before Collision and it was not going to be well for AEW. It turned out to be nothing. It was a CM Punk interview with ESPN, which he's doing press runs for the, the company as he's returning, as he returned on Saturday. And I read this article, and it was nothing too special. There was a few things I wrote down that he said. Um, let's see where they, let's, let's see where they are. He said that he apologized to Tony Khan for the media scrum. He said that he completely handled it 100% the wrong way. He said that but he had talked to prior to all this happening. He had spoke to uh, Tony Khan, producers, managers. He had spoken to lawyers. About, hey, what's going on here? I did not do this, and they don't believe me. And here's my thing. 
And he says he feel, and Punk said he felt like no one did anything about it. Here's my thing. And I thought I thought a lot about this just tonight, last night. That's why I'm recording the show right now. Sorry, need some water. Um, I thought about this, and here's my thing. I don't know. We obviously won't know if Tony Khan ever had a conversation with Hangman because Hangman. He, he's now Punk is now specifically targeting Hangman because he Hangman did start this. The reason why Hangman's name has not been brought up as much as everyone else's is, be, is because he, one he left early that night. We keep we keep rem- we keep forgetting that at, at uh, All In last year, Hangman had his match after his trios match with the um, Dark Order and the Elite. He left. He went home, and so he was not around for any of that. But he did start this entire thing. By talking about workers' rights. And he's well-liked, obviously. Punk is very polarizing. But he did start it. And who I'm sure Tony Khan went to him and the management went to him and said, what the, what the hell is the deal about this? But then Punk had revealed, which some, I don't think he's ever revealed this before, that in their match, he uh, got his chip tooth by Hangman. So now he's thinking Hangman's doing this on purpose. So now he called that match garbage because he's like paranoid, air quotes his word, not mine, that, hey, is this guy going to try to hurt me in this match? Do I need to protect myself? Or do I need to give this guy a receipt? So, so all these things are going on in his brain. If these things are true, they, these things are fair, you know? And I'm believing Punk is, this is Punk's truth, you know? Um, but he says tired of being the bad guy. And I've been there before. A lot of people, I'm sure, have been there before. Where you're constantly the bad guy. Eventually, you just stop fucking caring. Just being honest with you. Um, but he, but he said that, you know, he tried reaching out to Kenny Omega, tried reaching out to the Bucks, and he was getting messages back from lawyers saying, hey, please do not contact this person. So according to Punk, he tried to reach out to these guys. He already apologized to Tony Khan. Sounds like he was trying to apologize to them. And they said, well, contact us through a lawyer. And he said, and he said, and according to Punk, he said he didn't know, he did not know if that was them themselves making the text messages or if that was actual lawyers so that were were the interesting notes in it i don't think he actually said anything disrespectful he reiterated that he had nothing to do with coca band status in the company and he had everything to do with coca band status in the company but the thing people forget is coca banda had been has been on AEW payroll they never fired him they moved him quietly to roh to where he barely wrestles the guy was at fucking uh, that video game con last year when AEW Fight Forever first came there and they won that reward for best new video game, which was bullshit because the game hasn't even been out. So we don't know if it's good or not. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, but he just reiterated the same things he said. Like, hey, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And I felt this way, but I was still 100% in the wrong. So that I, I don't think it was anything wrong with the interview. If you could read that interview and tell me you have a problem with it, you need to go and get one mental help. And two, lots of it. And three, you need to go actually talk to that person to see where the disconnect is. So, yeah, I don't know what Wade Keller was talking about. Delma Exo defeats Taya Valkyrie for the Women's Featherweight Championship on MLW, which officially wraps Taya Valkyrie's time up with MLW for the moment. SmackDown. Shay Uso. At the beginning of this show, you heard this. You heard the shot. Heard round the fucking world. And that was Jey Uso leaves the bloodline, and the bloodline is no more. Roman Reigns took one super kick, and then got him and said, you don't leave me, no one leaves, and took two super kicks to the face, which now makes this official at Money in the Bank in London, bloodline civil war. 
The Usos, one of the greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling, faced off against Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. Pretty deadly are the new are the new number one contenders for the WWE World Tag Team Championships. Collision. We got a good, good to great announced team. Nigel McGinnis, Jim Ross, who only did was there for the main event, and Kevin fucking Kelly. Oh my, I loved all of this. Uh, WB reportedly expects CM Punk to be on both shows. Not every week, but they do expect there to be crossover to help rate when ratings are low. So that's that's why I just gotta do it. Um, Luchasaurus won the TNT Championship thanks to Christian Cage. I couldn't tell who the champ was because Christian Cage took that belt and he was celebrating like it was his. He was not. He was celebrating like he was Kurt Angle in 2000. It was ridiculous. I thought it was hilarious. But congratulations to Luchasaurus getting his first, actually his first singles title in AEW. Good for him. CM Punk Collision Open with Punk, who at the top of this show you heard what one line he said, but also at the same time he just was telling his truth. And he had a red bag that had the AEW World Championship in it. He never pulled it out. But he actually looked at the camera at the end of his promo and said, Hey, what do you say, Max? What's in the bag? So we'll soon see, I guess. Miro came back to redeem Nice. Andrade had a hell of a match with Buddy Matthews where he won with a figure eight. Ace still is reportedly working remotely with CM Punk, but he's not allowed at any of the venues. That should calm down some things in a moment. Nah, I won't calm down <laughs> Literally, Punk went out there, took shots, and like it's just not going to calm down. Roosh and Andrade's contracts are both up later this year. They're expected to leave the company. That's not a surprise. Like it's Andrade doesn't care who's in WWE running WWE. He wants to be with his wife. And you know what? Good for him. That's what he wants, that's what he wants. And I have a feeling that Roosh is going to follow Andrade wherever Andrade goes. So that will be... Um, before we go... I did want to talk about AEW Fight Forever. I I, I could have swore I went in depth about this. Look, look here. I'm excited. The only thing I'm annoyed about is the fact that we've waited this long for this fucking video game. We still don't have the full roster that we're starting with day one. Now, I did pre-order the, the elite status of this uh, or elite title of it. So I know I'm getting FTR, The Bunny, um, Keith Lee, Matt Hardy's, and like one other thing. One other person. That's the only thing I'm frustrated about is we need a. I want a fucking roster. I want to know who who I can play with day one. Because when I look at the roster that I looked at a couple weeks ago, my first thought was okay. I play with Swerve or Keith Lee my first time. But I will they be out? Well, I mean, well, I know Keith Lee will be out now. But will Seth Rollins even be out to compete against? And they said that this is going to be not a yearly um, game like WWE 2K. It will be an annual game where they're going to have constant add-ons. So for every new Let's say they have four different new wrestlers. They're going to bring on three different hosts to, to try to distinguish the shows. So, good for them. So, um, I, I'm excited. I, like I said, I reserved it already. I'm just looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to getting the game, a controller in my hand, actually play the game. And it looks very arcade which is I really prefer. Um, but you know what? Sometimes you can't get what you want. But this time it looks like we are. So, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, look here, guys. Check me out on Wednesday. The Flash Review. The movie I've been waiting for for a very long time. Um, and I think, for the most part, it delivered. 
But I want to get your opinions on that. So, I am the Slow Chemical. This is the Monday show. This is I See Things a little differently.